Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-re may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. With the Final Four on Saturday, we wanted to do a little Final Four preview, maybe a national championship preview as well. Episode of The Sharp Edge alongside handicapper Brandon Lang. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And Brandon, before we get into the games on Saturday, I want to go back through the tournament. It's been a really interesting second half of the month of March. You and I have done pretty well throughout this tournament. Sure, there are some games that we'd like to have back, but overall, we've been pretty successful through this NCAA tournament. Any moments stand out to you as ones where you were saying, you know what, I I was, I I hit a home run on that one, or other moments where you were like, yeah, that one, uh, that one stung? Well, the home run was, was Oregon to the Sweet 16. Yes. That was the home run. Mm -hmm. Um, and liked him over Virginia. And, I, uh, you know, I believe that if Dana Altman can go back up 45-42 and play those next two possessions differently, um, they gave up back-to-back threes and found themselves down 48-45 and just couldn't get back in it and lost 52-48 but still covered the number. But back-to-back three-pointers by um, Virginia was the death of them. So that was, you know, that was the highlight there. But... Um, you know, again, you're looking at, at two teams. The contrast in all four teams is Virginia and Auburn were Sean Penn, dead man walking in the chains, going to their last meal. They're on death row, mm-hmm. and they're going to be executed. Auburn, New Mexico State, goes to the line with three free throws in the first round. Kid makes all three. We're not even talking about Auburn. The governor called, gave him a reprieve, got him off death row. And man, once they went from death to life in prison, they busted out and they rolled Kansas. They rolled North Carolina. They figured out a way to beat Kentucky uh, without their best player. And here they are, Virginia, uh, down down three, Klein, 80% shooter, goes to the line. They're in the electric chair. The lever's about to be pulled, brother. Klein's about to go up four with 11 seconds. It's over. It's about the lever's about to be pulled. The governor calls. He says, Wade, (laughs) stay of execution. Klein misses. They foul. Jerome, who tries to make the free throw, misses it. Tip back, bucket overtime. And then they cover the three and a half in overtime. So there are two teams that literally got a reprieve off death row and find themselves in, in in the final four. Texas Tech dominant in all four games, holding Northern Kentucky to, to 57. They they turn right around and, and hold a good Buffalo team to 58. They hold Michigan to 44. And then, of course, holding Gonzaga to 69. MSU, the Bradley coach said in round one, I don't know if there's many teams that could have beat us today. Michigan State was one of them. They then blow out Minnesota. They beat perhaps the most athletic team in the tournament in LSU, blow them out by double digits, and then knock off the number one overall seed. So Tech and Michigan State have been absolutely dominant. It's amazing texting Matt McQuaid's dad, Rob. Of course, Matt McQuaid, starting senior guard. And here's what he said. And I was waiting to say this on the podcast because it's, it's amazing. I said to Rob, who sent me a picture of 
MSU at the uh, Final Four ceremonies. They're at the, the ceremonies now. Sent me a video. And I said, uh, so what does Matt say about watching film on them? And I go, that's an awesome video by Jim Nance. And he goes, uh, he literally says, Tech's defense is off the charts. Their rotations are sick. And that's what MSU is going to be up for is the fact that they're going to take the ball out of Cassius Winston's hands and they're going to force Henry and McQuaid and Goins and Tillman and other guys to make plays. That's as intriguing a matchup. Listen, I've been doing this for 27 years. Last year was easy. Nova Saturday, Nova Monday, blank check. How mm-hmm. much do you want to make? Done deal. Scott, I got to tell you, 27 years of doing this, I don't know. It's Thursday. I don't know. I don't know either. And I'm looking at this Texas Tech team. As you mentioned, the defense that they've played throughout this entire tournament, I think Chris Beard deserves a ton of credit. And and I know he's getting it now, but this guy is an incredible coach. And I've heard from people that have covered the sport that he runs a practice that is on par with NBA coaches as far as defensive metrics and and how they do their drills and and everything. So he's got his team just playing insane defensively. I love this Michigan State team. They were my pick to go to the championship game. I picked Cassius Winston as a dark horse to win tournament most outstanding player. But I don't know how they're going to find breathing room against this swarming Texas Tech team. The line is only two and a half, and I actually think that that's the right line. If you like Texas Tech, you could take a money line, but you're getting yep. two and a half. I, I, and I think if you like Michigan State, don't even bother with the two and a half. Just take a money line. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 pretty rational thinking. Personally, it, it comes down to this, that if you focus too much on Texas Tech defensively, they do have some shortcomings on offense and that they rely on Culver a ton. And if you take Culver out of the game, the the amazing thing about the matchup of Michigan State-Texas Tech is Michigan State is good enough defensively to take Culver out of the game. The rest of their bigs are so good defensively Where is Tech going to score? Because you saw basically Michigan State take everybody out of the game with Duke, Barrett and Zion. Zion got off a little bit, but even then, Barrett struggled a little bit. Nobody else did anything. My point is Michigan State starting five, everybody defends. Mm -hmm. With Texas Tech, if you take Culver out of the game and his 18 points a game, they're going to struggle offensively. Now, they're facing a Michigan State team that's really good defensively and plays really good team defense. Matt McQuaid, first team, all Big Ten defense. Cassius Winston plays great defense, the point guard. Goins and Tillman, um, since Tillman moved into the starting lineup, they've lost once at Indiana in a game they were up six with two minutes to go. So it makes you take a step back. For me, the post total is at 132.5. I believe the play in this game is the first half under the posted total. Um, I think both these teams, the filling out process, shooting in that in that big arena, I think is going to be a problem. And that's a teams. great point, Brandon, that people don't bring up enough that the depth perception when they step into these stadiums is much different than the arenas and the gyms that they play in all season. And this is the first Final Four 
in this building. This is a new building. You know, this is the, where the Vikings play. This is U.S. Bank Stadium. This is never hosted a Final Four before, so it's not like there's a point of reference that Tom Izzo can say, hey, I want you to just picture the backboard and picture this or something, or, you know, hey, we're in the Alamo Dome. There's going to be a drape behind. I want you to just picture the drape. No, everyone's going into this fresh. You, you're right. The posted total in the first half, 61 and a half, that might be a good under bet. I do too, and and it's funny. You can find online some places. You can find the second half line, and <laughs> Vegas has already put out second half line. Michigan State minus seven. I think you jump all over Texas Tech second half right now plus seven, based on the fact that both you expect a tight game in the first half. If the game line's two and a half, and they're already projecting Michigan State minus seven, unbelievable second half value on Texas Tech plus seven. But and I believe the total for the game, I believe it goes under the posted total. First team to sixty probably wins this game. But but again, to me, both these games, I've handicapped a lot of Final Fours. I really have, and this is arguably one of the toughest Final Fours that I've ever had to handicap. And, and and again, you look at Texas on Thursday night, beating Limpsicum, and, and the Big 12 makes a nice showing there. And then, again, Texas Tech has two losses basically since February 2nd uh, when they lost at Kansas by 16. They have one loss. Mm-hmm. Or actually, two losses. I'm sorry. They have the, the loss at Iowa State and then, of course, the, the shocking um, loss to West Virginia. Uh, in the conference tournament as a 13-point favorite. That's the only thing that leads me to believe that Michigan State might be the right side of the game. I, 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 you know, you, I can't get past losing to West Virginia in your conference tournament who loses to Coastal Carolina in West Virginia, mm-hmm. 109-91. So the team that gave up a 109 in regulation, there was no overtime there, sports fans. They gave up 109 to Coastal Carolina. That's the last team to beat Texas Tech. And, and, and like I said to you, this Michigan State team, since their one-point loss to Indiana, has not lost again. And they've won games by 15, 12, 7, 12, 5 to Michigan, 11, 20, 17, and beat Duke. I people are in love with Texas Tech. I get it. They're the they're, they're the flavor of the month. But I just think people are underestimating just how good Michigan State played to beat Duke. Your thoughts? Uh I think minus 160 is a good threshold for me. I think I'm comfortable laying the 160 to take Michigan State money line as opposed to taking them two and a half because I can see this game coming down to free throws at the end. I could see it being a very close game. You know, knock them down, drag them out. You mentioned first team to 60. It could be a 61-60 final. Could be a 65-63 final. I agree with you. Under 132 and a half is probably the move in this game. I like Michigan State to win. They were my pick from the beginning to go to the championship game. I'm going to ride them, and I'm comfortable 160. If that goes up, though, to 175, 180, I think that's too much. Then I might have to play the number. 160, I think, is a threshold for me. So so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does this does this seem odd to you with a low point spread? That it's 160, of, it's not of, 145? Thank you. 
Yeah. Thank you. So mm -hmm. what, what is Vegas telling us there that if we're going to set that, like, like if it's the NFL and you're minus two and a half, you're going to get 40, you get minus yeah. 140. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. at 155 right now. It almost tells me that Vegas is trapping the public into taking Texas Tech plus the two and a half, which right now you have 72% of the public money on Texas Tech. Yet the money line is they're almost asking you to lay, as you said, almost 160. It seems to me like they're begging you to take Texas Tech. In my opinion, Michigan State has played 38 games this year. Okay? Mm -hmm. 38. They're 27 and 11 against the number. That's important to factor in here, but they're thirty. Juggle. But they're thirty and six straight up. Yep, <laughs> thirty and six straight up. Well, thirty-two and six. Texas Tech's Correct. thirty and six straight yeah. up. But so that you know, play the under. Um, maybe you get some sharp money coming in and push it down to two and take take Michigan State, or you get Michigan State money in Saturday uh, midday. You're getting three, maybe by the half with Texas Tech. But as far as the side is concerned, no feel. But under the posted total first half in game, and if you can get it, Texas Tech plus seven second half because I think that that in itself is uh, is a bargain. Is five and a half too much for Virginia to lay against Auburn? And, and I know that Virginia is the best team that's you know people could say is left in this tournament. Although you know you and I would disagree with Michigan State. Uh, Virginia five and a half. This just feels like a game where it's these games are going to be close. Look at what happened. The beginning, the first couple of rounds, the, the deficits were large, right? And what did we see in the Elite Eight? Great, close games. Isn't the Final Four going to duplicate that? Scott, I sit here right now on Thursday, and I'm still trying to figure out how Auburn beat Kentucky. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how John Calipari uh -huh. allowed Bruce Pearl <laughs> to outcoach him. How let me continue to run high ball screens with my guards, get mismatch, and watch my two guards combine for 50 points. And as the game progressed, Calipari did nothing. He could have went with a four-guard lineup and P.J. Washington mm -hmm. and won that game. Mm -hmm. And I'm a sports handicapper sitting in Las Vegas, Nevada, who probably should have been a college basketball coach. And when they scored to go up two, he could have immediately called timeout, put a defensive young guard-oriented squad on the floor for that last possession, and won the game uh -huh. right there. Conversely, you look at Tom Izzo, down 66-63, over a minute to go. Michigan State gets the stop. They come down. Izzo timeout. Mm -hmm. Diagrams the play. Cassius Winston in the paint. Dishes to Tillman. Beautiful layup, play. Beautiful bingo. play. Then come down. They give Barrett the three. Front rims it. Rebound. Dribble down. Timeout 66-65. Beautiful play, play to get the three. Hey, yep. Goins, you going to hit a shot at some mm -hmm. point today? Coach, I'll hit this one. They run the play. Winston goes down. Nice scream. No one talks about Zion being late. Caught watching the paint dry. Goins wide open three. Winner, winner. Chicken dinner. Michigan State in the Final Four. There's your difference. You're never going to see Tom Izzo walk into a press conference like John Calipari did after losing to Auburn. And Calipari says, 
We just got outcoached and outplayed today. No shit, Sherlock. Great job, John. Glad you got a lifetime contract. Good for you because you can't coach your way out of a paper bag. And that's the honest to God truth. Remember the North Carolina-Kentucky game when Monk hit the three Mm -hmm. to tie it up? Timeout right there. Settle things. Calipari didn't. North Carolina goes down and scores. Game over. And that's what I'm talking about when you look at John Calipari. Great recruiter, but in intense game situations, he dropped the ball. There was no way on the face of the planet Earth this Auburn team, without their best player, should have beat Kentucky on Sunday. That's on Calipari. Nobody else. So the question is, that rant was about one thing. Do you even go against this team? Like I said, off death row against New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. Won three games out of the gym, beat Kentucky without your best player. And here you are at Virginia, who literally trailed Gardner-Webb at the half. Beat Oklahoma by double digits, but couldn't blow them out by 20. Oregon had them on the ropes, didn't close, and should have lost to Purdue. Do you trust them laying five and a half? I do not. And here's what scares me the most. The way that Auburn beat North Carolina was by shooting lights out from three. Right? What were they? They were 17 of 37, but in the second half, it was, what, 12 of 18, I think? Right? They were like 2 of 15 or something in the first half, 12 of 17, 12 of 18, whatever it was. Second half, and that was, you know, a couple of minutes without Chuma Okiki in the game. And Chuma Okiki is not a three-point shooter. They were a little cold in their game against Kentucky, but they didn't need to shoot lights out. If this team starts drilling threes against Virginia— Virginia's a team that doesn't go on long shooting runs and scoring quickly. They are a slow team. And if Auburn can start drilling threes, whether it's Harper, Purifoy, whoever is hitting them, I don't know if Virginia's style can keep up with the running of Auburn in that situation. Well, let's make sure we understand each other on one thing right now. Mm -hmm. We will never confuse North Carolina defensively with Virginia. (laughs) Correct. Make sure we're clear on that. Yes. Okay. Let's also make sure we're clear that O'Kee had 11 boards against North Carolina. Yes. That was huge. Yes. So, so that, 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 that was huge, but you know, the, the, the people, the, you know, Kobe white of North Carolina declared for the draft today, Kobe, I got news for you. NBA D League. Thanks for coming out. Mm-hmm. See you on campus. Four for 15 against Auburn. 0 for 7 for 3. Take your Jerry Curls and your activator from um, Hollywood Shuffle and uh, <laughs> um, come to America and enjoy the D League because that's where you're heading. Um, Virginia's a different beast. But with that being said, they couldn't stop Edwards of Purdue. Mm-hmm. He got every shot he wanted, and now you're seeing Brown and Harper, who literally are the second coming. Now, let me understand this. Harper and Brown were 6 for 15 and combined for 22 points in the win over North Carolina. O'Kee had 20 points and 11 boards. He was pretty much the reason why they won the game. But McCormick and, and Purifoy off the bench. Purifoy was 4 of 6 from 3 off the bench. Um, got some minutes, um, so there you go. So I think we can agree. We're taking Auburn plus the five and a half then. 
Yeah, you know, we're doing this podcast on Thursday night. Rob McQuaid's at the Final Four with Matt in Michigan State, and he just sent me the pre preview of the one shining moment that oh, they had. Oh, it's my favorite moment. It's my favorite. The ball they... is tipped, and there you are. <laughs> yep, and, and the amazing thing about it is here you go. This is for podcast listeners. For those that don't think I'm telling the truth. Uh, they get a preview of it, it at the Final Four. That's got to hype them up. That's got to hype these boys yep. up. And then, of course, they'll add the national championship highlights yes. for like 15 seconds. Yes. So I'm watching this. Rob just sent it to me from the Final Four. Uh-huh. I'm watching this. And I'm saying to myself, if Matt McQuaid's 360 back-to-the-basket shot against Duke isn't on here, <laughs> I'm going off. And at the tail end of it, it's there. It's in there. And I said to myself, I go, how does that shot on Sunday – not make ESPN's top 10 for the night. No. Let's go ahead and jock Duke. Let's do whatever we do for Duke and Zion this and Zion that because we're Duke lovers at ESPN. And let's not show Matt McQuaid in the top 10, 360 back to the basket. But let's go to the Pac-12 for two girls softball highlights of fat chicks throwing a softball. Excuse me if I'm a little upset, but that's why I don't like ESPN. That's what I want to see is a 220-pound girl throwing a softball underhand and some girl running it down in the alley and makes a diving catch and slides. But we can't get Matt McQuaid against Duke. Well done, ESPN. Well done. Unbelievable. Like more, I want to more, sit there on Sunday night and watch <laughs> Pac-12 girl softball highlights. More importantly, Brandon, were they using the Luther version of One Shining Moment? Was it Luther yes. Vandross? Okay, good. That's a, hey, that's all that matters. The song, it needs to be Luther, okay? That's all I'm saying. Luther. It's got to be Luther. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, the uh, potential matchup odds are actually out for the four potential matchups that we could have in the national championship game. Let's go over them real quick. If it's okay. Virginia against Michigan State, well, I, I, I wanted to play a game with you. I'm not sure if you've seen these already. I assume that you no, have. No, I'll tell you what the line is. That's great. Well, I want, you to, I want you to handicap it. As if, like, what would you put it? And I'll tell you what it is, okay? So if it's Virginia versus Michigan State, what would Brandon Lang have the line at? Virginia minus two and a half. It's Virginia minus one. And this is okay. according This is according to the Westgate, okay? Okay. Now, if it's Virginia against Texas Tech, what would you handicap it? Virginia minus three. Spot on. It's Virginia minus three. Okay, go. If it's Michigan State against Auburn, what would the line be? Five. Four and a half. Okay. And if okay. it's and now if it's the matchup that is gonna get the least amount of ratings, Texas Tech against Auburn, <laughs> the one that CBS is not rooting for, <laughs> what would that spread be? Texas Tech two and a half. Texas Tech minus two. Those are the potential yeah. lines for the West uh, Westgate Superbook for the four potential matchups in the national championship game. I could tell you right now. In order for me to win my bracket pool, I need the matchup to be Michigan State against Auburn. Because if you remember at the beginning of the tournament, I had Michigan State and North Carolina. So Auburn basically is replacing North Carolina for me. So I will win my bracket pool if it's Michigan State against Auburn. So here's what I'm asking you, Brandon Lang. Auburn and Virginia is the first game of the day. If Auburn wins, do I bet Texas Tech to hedge? Well, it depends. 
Because I because if Michigan State wins, I'm gonna win the bracket pool. Because I got the I, I got the how matchup. Much, how much money you win in the bracket pool? Do you want to not say it on on the podcast? It's uh, a G. Okay. So if a G, I tell my friends this all the time when they bet a fourteen parlay. I'm like, should I middle? Should I middle? I'm like, bro, you're gonna win three hundred dollars on your parlay. What what do you want? You trying to middle no, no, it for fifty? This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Because there's there's the potential here for the perfect hedge. Because if I take tech plus the points, there's a chance I middle and win both. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's so that's the play, right? To win well, let's I throw five hundred on Texas Tech plus the points. This way I guarantee myself five no matter what, but the potential to win fifteen. Yes. But I'll say this. <laughs> Do you watch Game of Thrones? No, my wife uh, didn't right. say there's something. A, there's a line. Listen, even if you, even you know, if you, I, I, I want to tell you before bad. you say before you, you say this, Michigan State to beat Virginia before, Robert. Before you say this, before you say this, there was there's a line in in Game of Thrones where one of the guys says something and then he says but and then he goes, my father always said anything that comes before the word but is horseshit. So. <laughs> When you said "but," I like that. anything like that comes before that is horseshit. And here's the reality of the situation. That's what you just laid down upon me right now. I got like 17 radio shows tomorrow. I'm going to use that tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I will tell you this. In closing, the winner of Texas Tech, Michigan State is your national champion. That you can take to the bank. For Brandon Lang, be sure to check out brandonlang.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. You can find The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts, as well as believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Best of luck, Brandon. Listen, one of my favorite sayings, bro. I'm out of (laughs) here. Fat girl in dodgeball. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.